Welcome to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. Welcome to episode 35 of Destination Linux. So we have a special guest today, Ryan. Super special. Super One that's special. actually become, at least in, in my short life within Linux, the biggest celebrity probably in Linux right now. Honestly, and I'm not even joking. Everywhere you go, you're hearing about this person. And Who this, we have, Rocco? And this person is the Solus website, as you can see. <laughs> now, Ike. He didn't want to see our ugly mugs. Ike, what's going on, man? Uh, well, I mean, you kind of hammed up the intro there, so, you know. <laughs> um, I'm no celebrity. Please say I'm not. <laughs> Please say I'm not. <laughs> thank you for having me back on. So. Well, you've been on the show a couple times, and uh, yeah. you're always a always a popular guest. And you just had a new release with Solus 3, so mm -hmm. let's talk about it. What's the big deal with Solus 3, man? Uh, mostly the version number this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I'm being serious about it. So, <laughs> That's so not epic. <laughs> I don't know. Before, like, we was using, like, a snapshot system, and... Just like we weren't good at doing static releases, and um, we was like, "Oh, we do rolling releases now," and everyone's like, "You, you can't do that." <laughs> we just did. We had these seriously unsexy version numbers. Like the last one was two thousand and seventeen point oh four point eighteen point zero. It's like that's not how decimals work, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not how they work. So for this one, it's like, we don't really do snapshots because they're always feature-based. So to drive that home, and admittedly, you know, to cash in on a bit of news coverage, to be quite honest about it, change the version number. So it's more representative that it's feature-based, not just, this is a snapshot. Because if it's a snapshot version number, people think, well, it's kind of automatically generated. It's just no work has gone into it. It's an actual release. Nice. All right, so um, you added in snaps. <laughs> you added in snap support. So yeah. it was something that you had said you weren't going to do. Yeah. <laughs> so Awkward. what made you change your mind? Uh, made mostly Martin Wimpress's good looks, I think. I think right? that was a large contributing factor to it. Nice. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, um, I mean... I'm always slagging it off, but the third-party mechanism in Solus is abysmal. Like, you have all these other things that are really, really great, and then you have the software center that just wants to mock you. Like, you go to install Google Chrome, it's like, this could take some time. Grin. Because it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's an implicit grin. grin. <laughs> no wording. Because you get some people coming in, it's like, <clears throat> so I'm installing Google Chrome. It's like, yeah, about 40 minutes ago. Ah, well, it might take some time. Um, so third parties had to die basically for a long time. And we did we did support, well, add support for Flatback. I believe that was back in January. Um, but I mean, Snap's changed. The Snap has changed since, you know, the original decision back at the beginning of the year. You had these two, it was a format war, effectively. I mean, we've had all of those, and you don't really see many of us using HD DVDs now, do you? Right. Um, I, I can't say VHS and Betamax. Nobody gets the references anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. Hey, we, hey, we do. Hey, I'm going to silence my phone if you don't mind, right? 
That was just perfect timing. <laughs> you you could have done that a few minutes ago. So that would have been it's great like, when we said so Ike was a celebrity. Snaps. No, is yeah. it like so? You added snaps. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they they've changed, and I'm always uh, speaking with Martin WordPress and Adam Paul back and forth. And there, there's a few places where installers will say we're not adding something. You know, someone would be like, um, "We need an XCloud server." Do we? <laughs> Do we really? But there are going to be people who's going to want to test things or you know use things that otherwise we wouldn't distribute. But more importantly, in a lot of cases, wouldn't be able to distribute. So our long go, uh, our long term thing is to have compatibility with the packages that people care about. So you'll always hear this thing about it's like, oh well, Solus uses its own package manager. Grr. It should only be an implementation detail of Solus. You know that that's just how it's assembled. It's put together for the stuff that matters. I mean, ideally, like not that I've heard anything to say otherwise, but ideally we'd like things like Chrome available as snaps, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that people can just install. I mean, stuff like Discord is there now. And it's just, I mean, it is, it literally is like this whole universal app thing. And the one thing that I've seen different from snaps at least is they're willing to, not not exactly compromise, but they're willing to adapt to the needs of the developers of both the distributions and the applications themselves. And that's kind of important to a project like Solus. Well, it definitely opens it up. I mean, obviously with the um, the whole idea of the closed ecosystem is, I'll be honest, it has some people that don't want to adopt Solus because of that. Mm. So the Snap Snap support opens that up and just gives more avenues for people to install the software they need and will totally increase the adoption of Solus. So I think it was an awesome move. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of had to be done. It's it's one of those things, you know, like uh, the maturation of a project as it goes along. And we very much wanted to make the package manager and stuff like that just as implementation details. But we didn't want to do like a half a job of putting snaps in as well. So uh, Wimpy, uh, Wimpress, sorry, Martin Wimpress. <laughs> I'm always just going to call him Wimpy. Everybody <laughs> knows who he is. Yeah, I mean, he hooked me up uh, with a few of the people like from the Snap Engineering teams. Got chatting and got to the point where we actually had Snap in Solus. It didn't work initially. Then it was like uh, doing a bit of patchwork, talking back and forth to find out what was actually needed to make some stuff work. Um, there, there were some little corner cases in there like that nobody expected to find. Like in because originally Snap was designed that it could be as part of what they call a traditional classic Linux distribution, say something like Ubuntu or Fedora, or as another Snap within a completely Snap operating system, because you can have just a Snap-based system without any DEBs or anything like that. And what nobody anticipated then is that it, it wouldn't actually be detected as a classic Linux distribution, because everything else that's trying to integrate it is already based off something else yep. <laughs> that's already got it in. So we got that stuff working, and then we got the app armor patches uh, basically backported them from the Ubuntu kernel over into Solus. So what they call full confinement, i.e. sandboxing, that works in Solus as well, which is great to have because then you have feature parity. So if you're a vendor or a developer, you know it's going to work the same on Solus as it would on Ubuntu, which I think is important for any shared ecosystem of applications 
Have you found anybody really pushing back on this in the comments? Because I know you're very into the community and listening to the community, mm. but has there really been a lot of pushback on the decision to include snaps? Not really. I mean, for a lot of people, it's it was an, we all agreed initially. You know, it was about third party. It has kind of grown beyond you know just replacing third party now. But no, I mean, people are receptive to it because they're getting more software, and it's like. If there's something that we say isn't going to be in Solus, it's like, well, snap it. Right. And that's kind of the way people are seeing it now. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen any negative. And I've seen misunderstandings, you know, which sure. we've alleviated, you know, but um, mainly due to the way things used to be implemented in Ubuntu. People think that um, they would need Ubuntu 1, for example. It's like, no, 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 you don't need this stuff. It's all fine. So, yeah. Well, I think it's so interesting because, uh, Ike, I'm probably only six months into my Linux life, but it's overwhelmed my life. The community overwhelmed my life. It's not too late. You you can run. (laughs) You can run. The community (laughs) has been overwhelming. Of course, there's always uh, those ones, but for the most part, it's been an amazing experience. But your name has come up in my short tenure constantly, which tells me you're very intertwined with the community, but also specifically Solus 3, I knew about Solus, but when Solus 3 launched, it's been everywhere. It's been all over every Linux site and the Telegram groups were in. Everybody's talking about it. Rocco even converted to it. I I heard about it so much, I converted to it. Uh, And it's just really been something that it seems like to me, somebody who's not been in it that long, that Solus has really blown up on its Solus 3 release. And you're saying it's a version number, but I have to believe there's something else that people are super excited about. Is there a headline feature in here for Solus 3 for you that you think's gotten all the excitement or is it just the work you've done in the community? So, I mean, in the past, we would typically focus on what I call paint work, which is like the front end stuff or largely back end stuff like architectural stuff. This was the first release we'd done where I was full time. And it was the first release where we'd done both extensive architecture and front-end stuff. So in the previous release of Solus, you, we'd only really just started getting things like Clear Boot Manager integrated, which is what I created when I was over at Intel. Um, for this one, we kind of managed to reap those benefits. So it's now rocking like the 4.12 kernel. So we have parallel kernels and Solus as well. But along with the nice back-end stuff that we did, and lots of bug fixes and... Uh, you know, making the installer work better. There's also a lot of front-end work. So you got Budgie 10.4, which overall was a much better experience. And we really focused on the user experience for this one. Um, even changed all the visual branding to, funnily enough, material design, which if you'd asked me a year ago what I've done that, I would have laughed at you. But <laughs> there you go. Well, that's what I felt um, in, in moving from all the different packages that I tried when I went to Solus, the thing I told Rocco was it was the first time where it felt like somebody had focused more on the user experience than the technology behind the scenes in a complete way. Everything was about the operating system just getting out of your way. Mm. And, well, I mean, that's got a core mantra. Yeah. And it, and it really, you guys really capture it. I mean, it just, it's so pleasant to work in Solus and to go around the menus and be able to get multiple ways to get to the same area 
without and, and also with the desktop environments themselves, how they're integrated within Souls. Because some people are like, well, if you like this distribution, just install your favorite desktop environment over top of it. Well, mm. that doesn't always work well. Like the the experience between desktop environments and the distribution in my findings, just because it's the same desktop environment in Antergos that it is in Manjaro, they don't play the same with each other in the underlying distribution. And with Solus, I tried the GNOME, I tried the Budgie, and in both cases, it just seems like you guys literally spent work in both of those to make sure if you're offering that desktop environment that the user experience is very clean in both and everything's working together. And that was one of my favorite features of mm. using Solus. My favorite thing is it just, it's not there to interrupt me. I can just work. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of it. Like my view about an operating system was always... And I guess it was a bit of a starry-eyed view, really, but an operating system should know how to look after itself. That That's kind of my view about it, you know. It knows the hardware better than you ever could. Right. You know, it, it knows what it's dealing with better than you could. It, it understands itself better than you ever can. And that, that's kind of our view about it. Like, you, you shouldn't have to resort to a terminal to do things. But saying that... If you want to go use the terminal and do something, sure. By all means, you know you should have the option to do this. So, you know, you typically find that people will focus on one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. Personally, I'm very much focused towards elegant solutions in the back end. So, a lot of the stuff that I do, typically you don't see it, you know. But you know, there are improvements. Something got faster. Something got more stable. You know, right. I, I'm about those sort of things. But obviously, if people don't see it and they're not going to know about it. So to me, you, you need to have a fine balance of both of those. You need to design with both in mind. You can't just put paintwork, you know, like on an old Ford Escort and tell everyone, you know, it's a, it's a fine rally car, you know. Right. It has to be good under the bonnet as well, well, under the hood, as you guys would say. Yep. Well, Budgie, in that sense, shines as far as the whole uh, same defaults that we've talked about so many times mm -hmm. that i mean you can just install it and run it and it just works awesome so but everybody knows that i mean that's why it's so popular i mean you as soon as you install it you can feel it so yeah, yeah. buddy's buddy is getting there um i am buddy's biggest critic i will always be buddy's biggest critic but 10.4 is like this is ideally how we would like buddy to be and we're very much aware of the underlying issues, you know, we're not, not going to hide them. There, there are issues exist. There are some integration things that just don't quite feel right. Like why do we have two settings applications? There's budgie settings and then there's quote system settings. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, there's all those little niggly bits where it doesn't, I mean, as a face on top of whatever you was already using, it does make you feel better, but there's all these little issues where things just, don't always quite line up. And I mean, obviously that's the big ambition for a Budgie 11, you know, to decouple from the GNOME stack, sorry, GNOME, <laughs> and then be a more cohesive I'm not the experience. only one. I love it. Yeah, it's just, it's just stupid. I'm, no, it's just stupid. There's no H in it. <laughs> You know what's so funny is uh, when I first started doing Linux videos, like he, uh, people would come on my channel, and for the most part, it was lots of love, but there were the occasional trolls. 
And 90% of it was about me mispronouncing something like a gnome or a gnome or, or, Monte, one, or, you know. or yeah, or one of those things. And now it cracks me up because I'm dealing now I'm in the position where I'm talking with people who know more than 90% of the population would about a distribution and they're saying the same word. So I feel completely vindicated <laughs> uh, to anybody out there. But speaking of YouTube videos um, or reviews or news sites out there, Obviously, all of us who are in the Linux community, we do YouTube videos on Solus or other distributions that release. You're getting tons of positive press, but do you ever watch or read oh, yeah. these reviews and go, gosh, they're misrepresenting everything or mm -hmm. they never talk about this? And what is that thing? Um, Usually it's oh. Destination Linux that that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they are. They are terrible. the worst. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Uh, I mean, a lot of reviews typically don't go in depth. So you'll see the five minute videos that go up. Right. And and I mean, it's it's not really their fault. I'm not trying to go into them, but sure. They'll go over and it's like, here's the default applications. This is the theme. Look at all the wallpapers. <laughs> What does it do? <laughs> what is it made of? Like, I, I'm not really about it. I understand why that happened because for years you only had derivatives, right? And those were the differentiating factors. But that's not quite as true anymore. I mean, you know, Solus is a bit of a sore thumb like that. We're like, hey, well, no, we're really different. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to change everything you've been doing <laughs> just to cater for our news. So I, I can sort of understand that, but yeah. And then sometimes you'll get certain wordy reviews. <laughs> 65 Blogs. minutes about Solus in a no, YouTube like you video. Get, well, I mean, the YouTube videos are usually pretty much spot on, but then you get <coughs> these um, experiences that people mm -hmm. have had, and they'll be saying stuff like, well, I installed it, and Grub was broken on UEFI. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, but dude, we don't use Grub with UEFI. <laughs> so it couldn't... So, I mean, yeah, stuff like that, it... It does seriously torment me, and I'm I'm trying to be polite in the way that I say it because I might sometimes swear just a little bit. <laughs> do we do we ever we don't ever hear see it your here, comments but... on YouTube videos? <laughs> well, I see uh, if 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 you watch a video, do you leave comments or is you just I find it to. best to not? Okay. I try to um, because personally, I think it's great that people are going out and covering things and. Everyone has their own unique perspective and things. So there's going to be that overlap where everybody has to cover. You know, there's going to be like, um, these are the latest versions of things that are in there. You know, you got to cover those. These are release dates and here's the top two or three highlight features that was in there. But then you get to see each person's take on it. And me personally, I like the more honest videos where I say, I tried it, you know, it's got the potential, um, it runs this, this, that, and there'll be positive things. But they'll quite equally say, you know, and to be honest about things, like, well, this thing could do with improving that thing. It's like, right. well, thank you. That That's actionable feedback, you know. I mean, there, there's nothing worse than the typical, it sucks. Right, yeah. Okay. Yep. How can I fix um, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, more descriptively, it all sucks. Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> what does everything? Yeah, all yeah. of it. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, so... Um, what new features are you working on right now 
that Ooh. you are most excited about? <laughs> Ooh. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, what the hell? Anyway, <laughs> poltergeist. I mean, you get used to it. You know, like you become a Linux dev, you have a poltergeist. It's just, you know, it, it happens. Um, uh-huh. It doesn't help that I've got the lights off either, you know. <laughs> so, yep. um, actually, one of the things I'm most excited about at the moment, and I'm not working on it yet, I won't be working on it until the 24th. And I believe Rock already knows what I'm on about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be in New York. Yep. Um, so canonical. Uh, I actually said it right. <laughs> 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 Usually I just like inject a couple of extra A's and sort of wing it. And I've been getting away with it now for like five <laughs> years. But I thought I'd try and get it right this time. Um, they're sponsoring me to go out there on behalf of Solus. They're having an Ubuntu rally, basically. Nice. Um, the, the main focus is, as you might guess, snaps. Um, there will be other stuff as well, and there's going to be loads of people there. Um, I'm going to be meeting like uh, Mark Wimpress, Adam Pope, Mark Shuttleworth, all of like the guys over there. And I'll be adding, finally, finally, um, I'll be adding the snap integration into the Solus software center, which means replacing the old crappy third party. It's going to die. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, not to say that it should die. I mean, I mean well, maybe I it should just die, keep but... that message in there afterwards, you know, like grin. <laughs> like it's an old to our trollish past. Ike the Reaper with the yeah. third party. So this rally in New York, uh, when is this? I, I believe 24th to 29th. Um, I'm looking at the post. I should know this. It is the 25th, 29th. I was close. You were close. Close enough. <laughs> I was close. And I'm flying out on the 24th as well. So for me, this would be the first time I'd have been in New York. Right? Um, well, so yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be fun. That's a five-day thing there. Uh, that's only two hours away, man. I could I could go up there. <laughs> the you could get Ike's autograph. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because... Like, can I you sign his forehead? Like I, I can't even sign my own stuff anymore because like I, I use keyboards. You know, like whenever I get anything, say if it's um, come from like Amazon or Maplin, I remember when I had to get my Holders Four stick before, and the guys turned up, and this guy must have thought, you know, th- this this guy is special, but not good special, right? <laughs> because at the time he phoned me basically <clears throat> twenty minutes beforehand to say, you know, I'm coming with your parcel. So when he's got there, they have these big digital screens. And I don't use pens anymore. Like, I really don't use pens anymore. So I've like basically engraved my name into his screen, like a bad representation of Spirograph. And to make it even worse, of Citrum's like, here, you have my number, don't you? He's like, yes, can I have it? And he just looked at me completely confused. He's like, no, I don't know my number. So I got him to give me my own number while demonstrating I don't know how to use a pen. <laughs> So yeah, so <laughs> Rock was not getting an autograph. Oh, well. I mean, I understand like my name comes up in the news and that bit because you know obviously like behind all this that, but right. I don't, I don't really buy into the whole you know rock star thing. Really, you know, at the end of the day, I'm same as anyone else. You know? I think it's pretty neat though that individuals like yourself who are doing something, you know, you're 
you're not charging people for this, right? I mean, for the most not part, yet, no. people are able to get out there and you're, you're, <laughs> not yet. you're doing all of this work <laughs> and you're making a huge impact in the Linux community. And I love that celebrity status in a way. And if you hate that term, I'll use something different, but you're getting more popular uh, is great for something to see individuals who are putting this much work into Linux and Linux growth. I mean, I always tell people this is the best time ever, I think, to be into Linux from a gaming perspective, from a desktop experience perspective, even from a networking perspective. Uh, always, it's, of course, always been very popular there, but from a desktop perspective, it's just blown up, it I seems, mean, in such a short time. Part of it as well. It's like, while it's a good time for someone like me to be involved and for doing what I'm doing, I couldn't be doing it without the users and without the community sure. that's already there. I mean, we've got the, the Solus on not just all, there's people there who want to support things like Budgie or some of the Mante projects we have, you know, but they're enabling me to work full-time on these things. Right. And that's a very rare and unique privilege. And, you know, it's an honor for me to be able to do that, you know, without getting all mopey dumpy about it. You know, that was the <laughs> poltergeist again, by the way. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get to work on what I love. And I've always said that but the, the best way for open source and free software to work See how I set them separately there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the best way for those to work is if everyone is more selfish. And that's going to sound very, very, very strange. But if you're supporting a project, there's something you want to see fixed, there's something you want to see enabled, you're kind of enabling yourself. And that's kind of how things happen. You know, you want to see something happen. You you write a feature for a project, so you, you don't want you don't want to keep that debt. So it goes upstream back up to the project. They benefit, you benefit, but you did it for selfish reasons. So, I mean, obviously there's goodness about it as well, but the, the most effective way is to be shared selfish. As, mm -hmm. You know, as opposing as that sounds. And yeah, I mean, it's a great time for us all to be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. So Solus is now a, uh, what we, what we call a rolling release now. Yeah. Okay. So, the kernel, the 4.13 kernel should be out by the time this releases. So oh dear. how, <laughs> oh dear. What is he's got to go. What is the turnaround rate for that? So like, how soon do you put in the new kernels from the time it's released until it gets into Solus? So, I mean, typically, I mean, we have two branches at the moment. We have Linux LTS and Linux kernel. Uh, Linux LTS is formally named because it follows Greg's actual LTS branch, right? So that's like the 4.9 series at the moment, uh, which I updated yesterday, but I've got to finish doing drivers. Anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> Linux current, I was originally going to call it Linux stable, but then I thought, no, because that means as soon as the new kernel turns up, I've got to put it in. <laughs> it's like 4.5.13 is not stable. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's now it, it current literally meaning as current as I'm <laughs> allowing it to be. <laughs> That's basically what it means. It's mostly new. Um, but for something like 4.13, it, it basically comes down to you need to have a stable release. Typically, we will wait to the point one because a lot of uh, regressions get worked out in like the first and second point releases. And for us, all of the drivers and the repos need to be built against them. So it's not like uh, where you have DKMS on some systems and a new update and it says, no, I couldn't build a driver. <laughs> Good luck booting. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thanks. Um, so for us, we, we pre-build the drivers. Um, we ship them as separate packages. 
So that's the the 304, the 340, and whatever current is of the NVIDIA drivers, then Broadcom and all of these. So it's usually by the point one that we kind of have that all together. I mean, we could do it quicker, but we like waiting for the point one. And I've got a bit of a weird thing with kernels. So for me, I try to wait for the point one. I try to do the same for GNOME as well. (laughs) 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 So I try to do the same because, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I, it's, it's bad voodoo. Well, so I try to avoid them. That's good news for people who, even though it's a rolling release, you can rest easy that you're not just putting in the latest kernel as soon as it comes out and saying, oh, well, hope everything works out. You're actually right. testing it out and making sure it's going to work before you work. release it. Because at the end of the day, I've got to apply those updates as well. I mean, how am I going to be, right, if I apply all the updates, or everything looks fine, and then my games don't work? Right. Right. I mean, never mind anyone else. <laughs> but your own games don't work. My games aren't working. <laughs> so, speaking so, of games, what games do you play, Ike? <laughs> oh, uh, that's actually a good question. So, I I am also a bit of a console peasant, right? I do own a PS4. Uh, sometimes, for me, that's more so I can just context switch. You know, I can just turn the computer off and go over to PS4. Sure. And wait 50 minutes while it applies a mandatory update before allowing the game to turn on. <laughs> I'm so happy with that. But yeah, like on Linux Steam, I mean, I've got your usuals, you know, like your Left for Dead and stuff like that, your CSGO. But City right. Skylines, I've got Mad Max, um, one of the large. Let's actually open Steam and find out what I have because my memory is. <clears throat> well, Ike, the real reason Rocco asked that question, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Rocco and I have gone pro on Rocket League. Yeah. And, oh, no way. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're amazing. Totally proud. Um, totally proud. <laughs> <laughs> but we do live stream Rocket League quite a bit, and uh, okay. it would be awesome to have you on there one Well, time. I've got Rocket League installed, but the, the problem is, um, mm-hmm. it's I, I, at the moment, I'm taking my effort to control what I say, and it's just taking a lot of effort because I speak... <laughs> what I would call rather fluidly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> if it's in my mind, it's coming out of my face. If it's in my mind. I normally play Rocket League with you. Uh-huh. Um, you might want to put an age restriction on the video. <laughs> <laughs> so, That'll so, be a private play so, league then, right? Yeah. I'd happily do it. We'd have but, to do it private, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got Rocket League installed on there. I tried to get in Rust for a bit, but I had some problems with that. Um, I wanted to get back into Ark Survival Evolved, but yeah. they've got the wrong version of the Unreal Engine in there, and it just doesn't work properly on Linux anymore. Like... It's uh, grey water with inverted textures, broken shaders, and instead of fixing it, they put out a new, uh, basically a new DLC, and put the price up. Right. Um, (laughs) But yeah, um, that's... I don't know if... Games are hard, and finding the good ones on Linux is also kind of hard, but I mean, we've got stuff like Bioshock Infinite, Maybe getting Borderlands too. But what about really XCOM? Have you checked out the new XCOM? I have got XCOM, but isn't that like? And I'm going to be insulting so many people now. Because <laughs> um, like you, you look at these, you look at these cinematic trailers, and you go, "Wow, that's yeah. so pretty." And then they zoom out, and it's 
turn-based and you're clicking on tiles. XCOM like, 2 is turn-based and that is typically uh, not my kind of game either. No. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> this game is one of the originals to do it and they do it mm. so right that I think you should definitely just take a look because it, Do I get to shoot people it, in the face? Oh my gosh, you get <laughs> to shoot people in the face with slow motion engaged. Snipe them. Because, you know, it's turn-based, but it goes into the videos like a normal game. So when you get off a sniper shot, it's a zoom in up close, show you the damage to the aliens. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, so you may want to check that Normally I run away to my PS4, though. So I treated myself recently. I got myself a Holder's 4 stake um, because I've got uh, Elite Dangerous, which is like the the new one. Yeah. I've got that on the PlayStation 4. And, and I got the proper stick because I tried playing it with a controller. I'm so useless with a controller. I, I just can't Me do too. anything with them. Me too. And like, you, you're supposed to have like lateral thrust on these. And then it, it was too hard. So I got myself a stick in there. So I've got on there, I tend to play that Destiny. I know I'm one of those guys. Uh, but I don't play Call of Duty because I have self respect. <laughs> <laughs> Are you interested in the new Destiny coming out, Destiny 2? I kind of am. Um, I mean, because I was kind of disappointed when it put out Rise of Iron. You know, I was kind of expecting something a bit more. And yeah. I, I'm not great with multiplayer because I know nobody on PS4, you know, like all of my world is over in Linux and Steam. And we just don't have those titles. Hint to game porters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we just, we just don't have those sort of things. But I... Destiny 2 took a bit of a turn, I think. And they've kind of gone Halo 2, I think. And that's not greatly appealing to me because now it's more of a frag fest right. as opposed to, you know, you still had the, the ability in the first Destiny to be a bit of a lone ranger. And I kind of like that in the games as well because, you know, I feel all cool. While all the cool level 40 guys are off in the field, you know, I just shot a level 5 alien through the head and I feel amazing for it, but I don't want them to see because they're laughing. <laughs> so that's so that's how I approach multiplayer games, you know, quietly from a corner, feeling quite confident. Right. Well, that's why I love uh, Shadow of Mordor because oh, oh that. yeah, it, that is such that's an awesome one. game. Because I mean, you don't get to shoot anybody, but you get to you don't get to shoot their face, but you get to slice it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rocco, I, I never knew, man. <laughs> is that better played with a controller or a keyboard? Because I tried it with a keyboard and mouse and controller. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll tell so. you what. I'm not hard. a con- I'm not a controller guy. Everything works great on the controller except for mm. the aiming of shooting the arrows. And I'm- unless you have a Steam controller cuz then it's got the uh gyroscope so you can do the aim with the uh, controller. Yeah. Yeah. Check out the Steam controller. Yeah, but they look weird. <laughs> so we want to I want to play a game with you, Ike. This is called Telegram Group Rapid Fire Questions. <laughs> all right. We're talking about games. So these are all the questions when we told them we have the celebrity <clears throat> Ike on. This is what they came up with. All right, you ready? Go on. Will the installer ever include ZFS? Um <laughs> 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 that's a definite maybe um, <laughs> that's a maybe so I mean the problem there's that a chance. It's, it's the licensing you know if someone can work on the licensing then yeah I'll put it in there mostly to shut people up <laughs> be honest about it because it's always it'll always be someone who isn't on Solus today hi I'm on Void Linux oh here we go yep <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna have ZFS in there it's like why because better 
but it's kind of shown to be slower, server-specific, and needed manual tuning. But we need it for desktops. But why? Well, I won't switch over, because I will only have my games, and it's a... Shut up. <laughs> I love how he just role-played the whole interaction. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how the whole thing goes down. But, um, no, I mean, ZFS, it's, it's a licensing thing. It's, you know, gotcha. Like, uh, CDDL and the rest is GPL. And while people might say that you're allowed to do it, you know, I don't have that many lawyers, and I wouldn't like to risk finding out. Gotcha. Next question. I'd have question. to rename the project once. <laughs> have you found that leaving Intel worked out as well as you had hoped? Any regrets? Um, I mean, apart from the homelessness and ravaging depression. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can't even afford a camera to be on with us. I'm telling you. He's uh, cameraless. Yeah, I mean, He's yeah, cameraless. Cameraless, homeless. <laughs> I am without lens. <laughs> But uh, no, I mean, I've absolutely enjoyed it. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I wanted to make this very clear to people when I was doing it. You know, I, I loved my time when I was at Intel and I was there for like four years. Oh, God, I'm getting old. I was there for oh, four years. <laughs> it's like, oh, my years have gone. Um, and, I, and I really thoroughly enjoyed myself there. Um, and again, it was all open source. That was all I was involved in. I was there working with some great people. But it was definitely the right thing to do. And it was definitely the right thing to do because at the end of the day, I had two things I was doing full time, you know. Right. And as much as I love my job, at the end of the day, Solus was something that I truly loved, you know, it was my passion. And for me, software programming, that kind of stuff, for me, it's like a blank canvas. This is my form of creativity, you know. I have a problem, I'm not given a solution, and I'm allowed to, to work it out. So for me, I love doing it. And Solus, the team and the extended community, and to an extent, beyond Solus as well, it's become a bit like an extended family. So right. it's a very important part of my life. And to be able to do that full time, one, absolutely fantastic. But on the realistic side, you can't be doing two things like that full time. Sure. You just can't. So for me, I wanted to, in some ways, quieten, quieten my life down a bit. So I bought myself a van a couple of months back and still getting the van sorted out, but... I had like a little 1.8 liter diesel or something like, or maybe even the 1.6. It's only a small little thing, but so I'll have solace in me daytimes. And outside of that, I'll be able to go back to doing a bit of manual labor because it, it had a kind of satisfaction that you just can't recreate anywhere else. And I kind of miss being able to come back from wherever I was doing a bit of taping and joining or a bit of scrap or whatever coming back and firing the boots across the room, <laughs> sitting down with a cheese sandwich and staring at a television cross-eyed. You, you know, I, I, I kind of miss that. So for me, it's sort of a bit of a, a work-life balance as well. Sure. Well, it, like you said earlier, this is the first release that we've had you full-time on the Solus Project, and I mm. think it's made a big impact, right? Yeah. You can already see that. So with the addition of SNAP support, how do you plan on taking care of the security side of Solus to address some of the concerns people have with SNAPs? Well, isn't the idea of having SNAPs that it kind of isolates you from that anyway? So in Solus, we have full app armor confinement for, well, what they call strict confinement SNAPs. We didn't want to put it in so that everything ran as classic, which you're seeing on a couple of distributions at the moment, which is improving. More distributions are getting full confinement implemented. But for... A classic snap, which is happening less and less now because as snap improves, it supports more things internally that doesn't need people to work around and not have any confinement. So more snaps will be strict confinement as we go forward. Right. Well, that's full sandboxing. I mean, that's down to telling it 
what files and what libraries it's allowed to even access, you know, that it can't access your home directory and they can't access your settings. And I think that's very, very, very good because at the end of the day, you are downloading arbitrary content from the internet, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we keep those, we want to see those fully supported all the time, which is why the before we even announced we had it, you know, like, oh, we had snaps, like formally. Before SnapD went in the repos, the kernels were fully enabled for that confinement with help from the guys over the Snapcraft team because they're awesome. I thought this next question was really interesting. It's uh, somebody's they've created package build files for Solus that have licensing restrictions. So the individual is saying they're probably not compatible with the Solus project. However, he wants to share them with other users. Where can he share them? At. Is there any specific place where they can well, do that type of stuff? I am not a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> 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 just to start that one off. So th- this kind of feeds back into people going, why doesn't have Solas have an AUR? Right. Because I'm not that mental. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was in the first episode we did with you. That, uh, it was the comment in the section as well. Yeah, that you wouldn't never have the AUR. <laughs> Well, he said yeah. he wouldn't have snaps, so he will change if things change there, right? Oh, he's a liar, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, something like the AUR, you know, like it has its advantages over an art, but as I've repeatedly said to people, Solus is not a source Linux distribution, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't expect people to go out and use something like Pac-Man. I, that's not saying they're not able to. I don't want to. And I don't want to be responsible for the content of others either. Um I mean, if it's something that can be distributed in some mechanism, Mm -hmm. then I still think that they should be speaking to those teams about snaps. Um, Like, instead of having something like a package build or something, which is basically a lot like how Solus' third-party works at the moment, deeply broken. You know, like buckets of tears broken. And I don't want to recreate that by supporting yet another third-party mechanism, which is source-based, because we've seen how badly it goes. Right. Um, if it's something they're worried about, then just have the package.yaml file and the pspec.xml. Just stick it up on GitHub or on a, on a GIST or whatever they're called. Um, but just don't share the binary packages, because then that person has to build it locally on their system, fetch it. You know, So as long as they're not distributing the binaries themselves or private links, this should be good. Nice. Is there any progress on Bumblebee and Optimus for Solus? I never said anything about supporting Bumblebee. In fact, I said quite the opposite. <laughs> well, I, I think wanna... that was more of a wish list question than anything. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. All no, right. I was just shooting that down. Uh, Optimus... <laughs> your wish just, list has been destroyed. Yeah. Santa burns your list in rage. Wow. Um, I will be working on Optimus stuff this year because I now have two laptops, two laptops that have Optimus. Um, basically, I am a sick puppy. <laughs> I like pain. Um, one of them's fully set up with Optimus at the moment. We will get the dynamic switching later on in the year because I want to see that done properly and not in a way that people say, yeah, it works great, except all the tearing and the 20 FPS drop. Well, for those that don't know, what exactly is Optimus and Bumblebee? So Optimus is dynamic switching between GPUs. Effectively, you'll have basically laptops, right? It's it's a power-saving technique, (laughs) so they say. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll have your onboard integrated graphics, say like your Intel, 
Right. And if you're doing effectively low power stuff, so like, you know, like your desktop shell or Word or something like that, like on the Windows world, that would all be on the Intel graphics. But if you was to open up a game, that would go onto the NVIDIA discrete graphics. That's how it works over in the Windows world. <laughs> then you go to Linux. <laughs> it's not quite the same. <laughs> Just small discrepancies. Um, so the, the way that we have it done in Solus at the moment is you use one or the other. But obviously, if you're running the NVIDIA all the time, you know, the electric company is going to love you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely love you because it does suck power. So there's a few dynamic switching solutions out there at the moment, but all of them make sacrifices somewhere over, which basically means they'll run two separate X servers. One of them will be a virtual server, which would then, so like the NVIDIA one's responsible for that. And if you say it's like Steam has started over on that guy, but then that's rendered onto the Intel one. And it's, there's a lot of little ways gone about it, but I'm not content with any of them. And I would like to see whatever was done integrated into Solus's Linux driver management tool, which already handles the switching, the static switching. So like um, the laptop I'm on at the moment has NVIDIA Optimus, but it's like a 1060. Mm-hmm. So, it's quite a nice GPU. Um, <laughs> I only had the NVIDIA turned on on boot because it's that much of a pain. But yeah, the idea would be, the way I want to see it implemented, I don't want people running commands from terminal like OptiRun, blah, 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 because right. that ain't user-friendly. I want people to have like something like a background service that's actually running that knows about the .desktop files. So when it does go to launch something, it's like, ah, this thing should actually be on the NVIDIA GPU and do so in a way that isn't too sacrificing on performance. So I want to see a nice integrated solution. So it sounds like there is progress ultimately. You've been thinking about it. You have PCs that obviously it's in your best interest to try to get that feature working. Yeah, exactly. And I would uh, like to be able to run my laptop for more than 50 minutes without it being plugged in. Right. So our last question in this rapid fire, you've done well, you're about to win, but this Thank next you. question's a doozy here. Uh, why do you hate brother printers? <laughs> oh, actually the question is, will brother printers ever be supported on Solus? No, I think you've already answered it for me. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, I do hate them. No, I, don't. <laughs> I, hate them. I actually Is there any printer printing. anybody loves? Um, uh. HP because HP lip. Um, So we're aware of the problems. Basically, there are certain drivers that we're just not allowed to distribute. Um, It's the same if you look over in AMD land. It's like, hey, here's some drivers. Just don't distribute them. (laughs) Well, how am we going to use them then? Um, So what we're doing instead is basically following Ubuntu's lead here and opting to go for driverless printing. And nice. the idea is by, by the time the year is out, you know, we won't have to package drivers anymore. So they'll all come from like the open printing service. So you plug it in and ta-da. With that exact sound, I will actually record that sound <laughs> and integrate it as a notification. <laughs> Can you be... imagine how annoying that would be every time you do something? Ta-da. <laughs> will that be you or Popey? <laughs> oh, I could get Popey to No, yeah. no. See, he's had all the limelight now of all the voice work. I think I could do it as well. I could have been Mycroft. Could you imagine? You like, could I have could been. have been the voice of Mycroft. Mm. They didn't ask me, but I could have been. Dreams that could have been. Yeah, I think. Or you could have one of those, like, what was the Microsoft paperclip guy that came to help you? You could have, like, a bearded penguin version of that for you. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome. All right. So, uh, favorites 
in the brisk menu. Oh, is that still a thing? Uh, are they coming? Are they coming? Are they coming soon? I see they're they're already already something saying they were coming. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're already done. And um, when are they being released? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I should probably do that. <laughs> um, <there's, laughs> he just got to click the button. Now they are. Yeah, so, I had so much effort <laughs> upload uh, our games. Um, yeah, I mean, that work is largely done. Uh, Stefan Rick did loads of that work there and not only is there like a new favorite back end in april but brisk likes to be fancy and have its own back end you know it couldn't just be a simple stick a load of buttons on a window <laughs> no it had to have named back ends and apis don't you know um so not only that now you've got like um action items as well so if you right click something in the menu say like uh firefox you know you can open it in private mode that, that kind of thing so there's nice little fixes going on there there's a couple of more little things that I would like to land in the brisk tree before calling it another release. Um, in fact, why don't I go have a look? Yeah. <laughs> and see what the holdup is, because that's just terrible, though. Um, brisk menu, I, I'm very, very fond of it. Now, I, I run Mate on the other laptop, which a lot of people probably wouldn't expect, but I do run the Mate edition on the other Optimus laptop, and that's why brisk has to be good. So do you run that on that laptop because you want to or just yeah. because you need to test it out? I I just think it suits that laptop better. I know it sounds strange. It just suits that laptop better. I I don't know. Very nice. Um so in the things that need to be done, so there are there's a couple of things about uh improving some of the shortcuts and that. But the main thing I want to do is an architecturally type thing about that will affect the UI. I want to have a kind of workboarding mechanism. So everything's all split up into these nice backends and stuff. But I want a, a way to expose arbitrary actions like logout as something you could search for. Right. But I also want to make it so the face part of Brisk is kind of uh, pick and mix. So you could choose which backends were active and you wouldn't necessarily need the default Brisk front end as it looks now. The idea is to add a dash mode to it. Wow. Which pretty much would be what you think it would be, you know, like for the guys out there without Unity. <laughs> basically. <laughs> that basically for awesome. those guys. So it, it would leverage all of that nice backend stuff and, you know, all the nice architecture at Brisk to give people alternative layouts of the menu so they can just make it their own a little bit more. And still be brisk, you know, still be rapid. Right. That would be awesome. I don't know if that's going to land in this upcoming release because I think it's going to be a case of it's like, well, we have fixes, translations, we have like the new back end in there. And um, so, oh, no, <laughs> oh, excited. Um, <laughs> no, I'm a child. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not only can you. Um, so you can you can pin stuff to the like the favorite subsection of the menu. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just like right click pin, bam, it goes in there. But you can also right click and pin and unpin from the desktop itself. And I was thinking of adding one for Plank. Wow. So I mean that's basically the way the backend stuff like it aggregates actions from all of the backends for each item. So we could easily plug in other providers to do things like that, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Nice. All right. So um, there's one thing that I'm really, I was really excited when I saw it. And uh, 
I don't know like how it's come along. So I'm going to put you on the spot. So I, I saw some Magic interaction somewhere online, maybe on Twitter, maybe about private, oh, right, private yeah. internet access. Yes. Because I am like super stoked to see that happen. I was I was so subtle about it as well. Um, <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> just called him out. Yo. <laughs> hey, let's get together. You, me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never been I've never been good for subtleness. Like uh, when we wanted for Val, the insult as well as like on Twitter, it's like yo, <laughs> can has. Uh, yeah, so basically, I've been speaking to the the private and access people because, well, it was it was after the conversation that we had, you know, like. Uh, having better integration of stuff like private internet access into Solus. Right. And I know that the application they have is primarily, you know, I mean, to be realistic, it's primarily a Windows application that has Linux portability. But uh, I would kind of like it if it was something like a network manager backend, you know. Mm -hmm. So you could just go there and say, like, add a new PIA connection. And it would be fully integrated in the system and it would know about the server list. So from your end, you know, it, it would be ready to go out of the box. All you'd have to do is add the connection and add the details. And that's sort of where I envisage it. So I've had a bit of back and forth. And I guess once I know more, I'll let you know. Nice. <laughs> hey, there, there is there is an email thread ongoing, so. That that that's all that matters. As long as it's in the works at some point, or at least it's being talked about, you know. Well, now that you've asked for it, Rocco, it'll be prioritized. Well, sure. I mean, they are they are receptive, and <laughs> they, you know, it, it's nice of them to actually care enough about Linux to be receptive to a conversation yeah. like this. So, I mean, I'm not going to speak for them one way or the other what they would do or what they wouldn't do. You know, I'm in no position to do that. But it, it's nice that they were receptive to the conversation in the first place. And they've also asked me if I'm free. Uh, October 20th, 29th, sadly I won't, but they're hosting a Freenode live event, uh, wow. which is over in the UK, which is obviously mm. the Freenode Network. It's uh, it's basically a, a big open source gathering. So they're doing that over in October. So the fact that, that they're throwing that event, they obviously yeah. care about Linux and open source, and I think that's a very good indication. Yeah. So I'm Absolutely. very positive about it. Well, I've been a, a PIA customer for a couple of years now, and they're they're very active in the community and and support a lot of the projects in the community too. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see that happen. Well, we're past the point where we can't care. We we have to care about this stuff now. Yeah. And a, a couple of years ago, you know, it would have been so easy to laugh this stuff up. So, huh, you're going on a VPN. We know what he's looking for, don't we? <laughs> no. But nowadays, you don't know who is looking at what you're doing. Yep. And everybody now is guilty until proven innocent. You know, you're, you're leaving, you're, you're terrified to leave any form of trail across the internet because at some point you may be judged for it. That, that's not the freedom the internet we signed up for. So to have a way out of that, I think, is very important. Well, last week, uh, Ryan and I talked about an article where there's going to be, I forget what the art, the number was, like 44 billion cameras yeah. in God. five years' time. That's how many cameras are going to be watching. And I couldn't but, get but mine Nike working. But Nike doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to get you on that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it just goes back to, it's almost like nobody cares about that. And yeah. that can be used in a very bad way, depending on who has mm. that information. Well, I mean, it's, it's enough to say now, you know, like... Um, because 
last year, I think it was, people were being arrested just because that they these hacks did come from Tor. And these people were on Tor at that time in a campus. So that's enough to say they did it. Right. You know, it's it's that kind of fingerprinting, which should concern everybody. Um, well, it's scary uh, to think a jury of people who are non-technical could be the yeah. ones judging. So if you hear something like dark net or, you yeah. know, dark web, then the jury's like, oh, they must be into really bad stuff. But sometimes it can be political movement. They stole their things. Facebook. Yeah. Did exactly. they? Yes, they were seen climbing out of the window <laughs> with their Facebook. <laughs> it's always people who are completely tech literate. So, I mean, I think that there is more awareness coming about for the privacy, but it needs to go a lot further because I think mm. the vast majority are still, um, you know, well, not getting it and how important it is. And I think these yeah. companies are doing a very good job of making products that are making individuals think, well, I really want this cool feature like playing Jeopardy with my Amazon Echo. And so therefore I don't care if it has a camera and can view me and listens in and records and all that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people were brought up with this mindset, you know, it's like, well, I have nothing to hide. I don't mind, Yeah, you know, and that was an attitude that was once relevant, you know, with basically national controls such as the police, right? That used to be a relevant viewpoint, but we live in a day and age where you can't even trust your own state. Yep. And this whole, I've got nothing to hide, it, it's completely irrelevant. You know, you shouldn't be wearing it out on your wrist anymore because anything that can be used, it's like, it's like they say, anything you do say can and will be used in the court of law against you, right? That's the same yep. standard thing that's said to people. Well, that's true now, even if you're not being arrested, you know, everything you do online, you are creating a profile of yourself. Right. You are ticking boxes on somebody else's list. And, you know, once you cast out a big enough net, you'll get enough fish. Don't be one of those fish. Right. See, and I should do the publicity for these. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I should be out there in a boat in a river. You know? right. I think people miss out on the fact that just because you're not out there, uh, as a drug dealer or a murderer or something extreme that, oh, uh, everything I do is great. I'm sure you uh, individuals all the time break laws. So when somebody says I'm but... innocent, I go, bullcrap. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of us have broken laws and done things or, you know, like we gave the example in the I'm camera innocent. story. Well, you might sure have, you are, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, never done nothing. But we gave the example in the camera <laughs> article about the fact that, you know, it could be something such as getting a divorce where recordings of you losing your temper once get used in court. And now yeah. you lose custody of your kids because somebody had a recording of you on their echo when the one time without any context, you lost your temper. So this stuff does matter. Even if you think you've done nothing wrong ever, it's very important. For, I think the, the moral of the story here is um, don't buy an Echo. There you go. Yes, we've definitely beaten <laughs> yeah, up Echo. They're so popular. Or get divorced they're before so cool. you get one. They're so popular, everybody's <laughs> buying them. So Rocco's I got one just in every jump room. on the bandwagon and get one, right? I feel <laughs> awkward with one of those things. Like anything with a bit of voice recognition, like I feel purely awkward. Yeah. Like when I bought a tablet before because I had some mad notion to put Linux on it, you know, we all go through that phase. I'm oh, not yeah. entirely sure where the tablet is anymore, you know. Like I bought it for something like 60 <laughs> euros, you know. <laughs> I, I, there's no, there's no power out of that thing. If I put that next to the toaster, the toaster will be laughing, you know? But, um, <laughs> so, I, so I had Windows 10 on there and everyone was going on about this Cortana. I was like, oh God, I'd give it a go. But the way that I was brought up, I felt stupid talking to it. 
So I'll be whispering it going, Cortana. <laughs> Remind me tomorrow. To, oh God, no. Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. I feel purely awkward using those things. Like even PlayStation's got it now. Like I was trying to I was like, PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but want don't anyone else are to think know. It's even weirder that you whisper sweet nothings. Into I know. The They're going to think like it's ASMR or something like that. And I was sitting there going, PlayStation. We're just going to call I you the whisperer. I didn't want anyone else to know. Yeah. <laughs> the electronics the whisperer. whisperer. <laughs> but I didn't know. I wouldn't want anyone else to know that I'm whispering it, which makes no sense because <laughs> anyone else now can hear me talking to myself. <laughs> because right now I've got headphones in. Right. But I'm not sitting there going, Cortana. Right. <laughs> Bing me Google. So the question becomes, you know, you have all of these people out here who, you know, are just going about their daily lives, going to work, coming home, checking their phone for emails and want to relax and sit and watch TV. How do you get those people to care about privacy and convince them that it is something that they should care about? Well, I mean, if the Internet has taught us anything, it's that change.org will successfully now, who am I kidding? <laughs> I was like, where is this going? <laughs> Change.org has never accomplished anything. Um, but it, it's, it's all about education, isn't it? You know, I, I think, I don't want to be that guy, but I think there needs to be a scary edge to it. You know, how do you teach someone not to cross a railroad? You know, you don't sing to them. Right. <laughs> You're showing them people hit by trains. Yep. Um, well, I honestly think things like Solus and other distributions out there are part of that education. And here's why. There was a time when Linux was just, um, when, when people would demo, yeah, it was very niche. And when people would demo it, they would demo the terminal. And when you learn the terminal, yes, it's very fast and it's fun. And you can even feel like a hacker when you're using it. But the, the reality is it's not the mass appeal for most people, even graphic artists, game designers, and everything else is, I don't want to mess with my operating system. I want to mm. get in there. I want to do open the program that I need to make my game or to make my videos or what I need to do, and I want to use it. And, and for a long time, Linux did not offer that in a very compatible way because even on the videos that I did when I, when I was, you know, putting Linux on the most powerful machine I could afford. And I was gaming. People were like, how are you getting that game to work in Linux? Like they literally didn't know steam could be on Linux. And these are the misconceptions that have happened. And the reason why I say Linux is going to roll into security is actually for me, it was the opposite. Security led me to Linux Hmm. starting to learn more about security. But I think the reverse is also true. If you get people into something like Solus and you switch them from Windows or other easier operating systems where it's about getting out of your way and just using the program, then naturally, as they learn more about Linux, they're going to learn by being around the community about security as well. And I think that's part of the drive. And I think a lot of people have left Windows 10 because of its security issues. So I think there's a lot playing in. And that's why I say it's the best time ever to be in Linux, because you're seeing that growth and windows is making it so much easier with some of the decisions they're making yeah. for people to really start seeing that, Hey, this isn't so friendly after all. I think we have to be careful though, when we're talking about these things to make sure in the minds of people, they know the difference between security and privacy. Mm-hmm. And I think also we have to be very careful to avoid the religious zealotry we've seen around security. It's like I run Linux. I'm safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you remember that thing? Oh, what was he called? OpenSSL? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, are, there are CVEs coming in all the time. Like, I'm always updating packages that all the Solos team is to address CVEs. Like, LibGCrypt has just gone in the other day, you know. They do exist. But, yeah, I think educating people on privacy and the realities of security because it should be more about the mindset of how you approach a problem because nothing, nothing, you know, is infallible. Right. And to to make sure that people have the right tools to do it and have the right mindset. So any fiction of immortality is going to fail. You know, this whole, like, you run the next, you're fine. It's like, well, okay, but then if you run an SSH demon on port 22 publicly, let me know how that goes, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know how that works out for you. So That's very true. They can't have this this concept of immortality, but it's the same way as, like, you know how to handle fire. You know, you, you know these things. It's, it's an instinct. It should be, if you're if you're networking in any fashion, any network device, it's not just, I don't go on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you have a networked device? Which is basically most of them now. Televisions, even fridges, for God's sake. You know, people need to know going in how to deal with these problems, you know. That, that's kind of my thought. I think it all comes down to education. And yeah, projects like Solus probably could be doing more on that front, you know. We could probably be doing more to educate and giving some options when people first install, you know, hide me online. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's actually a really good point. I mean, I think there's some opportunities there, but I think Solus making it easy to get and use is also a huge plus and will get people moving over in itself and part of the education. Um, Because again, some people aren't going to naturally leave windows or other operating systems and go to Linux because of things they've heard in the past or things they saw in the past. Um, but when things like Solus uh, come out and they're easy to use and wow, this is actually simpler than using windows 10. Well then that's kind of different, right? And now it's more attractive. But people know like coming to Solus, we're not saying to them, it's like, get Mac and Windows off your computers. We don't have those, you know, you heathens. <laughs> you, you don't do that to people. You say, well, you know, why not have both? But right. that's, that's the yeah. way a lot of the, well, I won't say a lot. That's the way some of the community was sure. for years. No tucks, mm. no bucks, right? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but that, I mean, we joke about that, but I mean, like <laughs> the community has right. not always had the best image as far as people coming over from Windows or even just exploring it. So mm-hmm. that's something that we can definitely work on changing is the the open availability to helping people actually make that change because most people don't even realize most people don't even realize they need Linux. You absolutely need Linux. <laughs> no. uh, but most people yeah. don't even know much about Linux to be honest with you, the normal everyday person. I mean really, how many yeah. people do you meet on an everyday basis that run Linux? I don't know about you, but I don't meet that many people. I wish I, I did. know very, very, very few. And that's only because my best mate runs Solus. And that's it, you know, like in the world. Well, his kids run it as well. But I, I think a, a problem for a lot of the projects is they're vying too hard for market space um, for the infamous uh, Launchpad issue one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that, but the first book that was ever on Launchpad was basically Windows has too much market share. And for years, there was this, I mean, Ubuntu in the end, they copped on. And it was like, this is not the right way to go about it. And it was always, you use one or the other. And I think a lot of people lost sight of the fact that 
It's not about what operating system someone uses. It's not what badge they wear. It's about augmenting their computing experience. It's how do you make their digital lives safer and easier? You know, if you, if I tell someone to build a chair, I don't tell him he can only do it using a hammer. Right. You know, he's a variety of tools, or she. They have a variety of tools available. And I think trying to limit someone solely to Linux actually flies in the face of the freedoms it claims to defend. Just like oh. telling someone to not use proprietary software. You can educate someone why proprietary software is, quote, bad. But preventing somebody from running proprietary software is also betraying their freedoms because your freedoms are more valid than theirs. And I don't think many projects actually get that. Yeah. They're invalidating people's freedoms by telling them this is all you can use. You must use Linux. You must use open source software. So, all right, big bad evil stuff does exist out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I but think some of it's a protectionism and why people went that road. Some of the people within Linux and that, like for instance, for me, if I did a video tomorrow in Windows, mm. I know the first oh, thing I would burned. get is a bunch of comments of, "Oh, you logged into Windows. You had to mm. use it." Um, but the reality is I switched to you Linux. You get the walk of shame going yeah, away from I mean, the tribe. And- my channel never was popular because of Linux. It got way more popular after Linux, but my popularity was in electronics and all of that type of stuff. So mm. I didn't I didn't expect to stay with Linux at all. I only stayed with Linux because I actually could do stuff faster. Mm. And because so it was the, a more efficient tool. Yeah, it was more efficient. I could get more tools that I couldn't afford on the other platform and be able to do the work that I needed to do. And I found it was quicker. So after the 30 days, I stayed. Um, But there is definitely this feeling or pressure that you don't want to boot into your Windows platform. (laughs) Fortunately, I haven't had to. And I'm not that tempted into gaming, even though I've gamed for 20 years, to to play a game just because it's in Windows. And I do think that uh, the Linux community needs to make sure they're out there supporting the developers who do make games in Linux. But at the same Mm. time, if I wanted to boot into Windows 10, I would, but I probably wouldn't make a video about it. Probably <laughs> well, not, because you know which way the kickback would be. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but uh, there might have been a certain podcast that recorded one of their episodes on a Windows machine at one time because of Linux wasn't working at the moment. So. <laughs> Is that this destination Linux? I'm just guys? saying that there might have been one podcast. They're the worst. Well, if we're all going to confess our sins. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going down this dark path. The only time I've ever been to LinuxCon was the one in Dublin because I didn't really have any excuses not to. <laughs> it's not like you say, oh, it's in France. Well, I couldn't possibly make it. It's like, it's one train. Now everyone knows where I live. But um, I went there, and at the time, I had something like two or three Intel Nooks, and that's all I used to run. I had none of my own laptops, and this was while I was working for Intel. <laughs> so I was going to go and give a talk on a project called CVE Check Tool. You'll never guess what it does, by the way. What does it do? <laughs> Uh, it, it paints the terminal and multiple... Go- no, it, it basically just checks packages for CVEs. <laughs> That's exactly what it's named. That's so, fancy. I don't know, right? Well, it's one of those ones. What's a generic descriptive name so it doesn't need approval? Right? CVE check tool. Um, so this was for our Linux packages, continuously testing the security of them. Like, is there any known uh, CVEs for them? 
problem was I didn't have a laptop. So I've gone to LinuxCon Dublin to give this talk on a Windows laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the security of Linux packages. <laughs> I really knew what I was on about. Huh? That's <laughs> did, did anybody find out until now? No, they knew. They knew. Okay. They saw it. They saw okay. me try and get past it by running Solus and VirtualBox to keep the live oh demonstration God. of it afterwards. I was hoping nobody knew so we could submit this to TMZ, Rocco. Oh, they knew. Yeah. Well, we no, I was just going to let them know that we wouldn't tell anybody. So <laughs> nobody would ever find out. Secret safe. Yeah, your secret safe on a podcast. <laughs> For now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, what do you got, Mikey? What do you got? What do you have that you want to talk about? Depression. Depression. <laughs> why, do you, why do you have a depression? Deep, boring sadness in my soul. You have polder um, <laughs> I know I didn't even have to pay for that one. Um, so what's next? Well, I guess it's what's next for Solus, really, isn't it? Budget Pretty eleven. Much. Yeah, Budget eleven, which is not going to be known. <clears throat> Gnome. Right. It's going to be cute. Which is it? Which is it? Cute or QT? Yeah, I just realized as I was saying that it's it's gonna be a cute little budgie. Mm, right. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> it's the poltergeist talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing to, well, you can't prove it's not really, can you? Yeah. Nope. There's no camera. <laughs> uh yeah, so I actually started doing some Budgie Eleven stuff recently. So I was kind of nervous about using this QML. So for those who don't know, it's the cute Markup language. I'm I'm just gonna call it QT, okay? Okay, let's call it QT. <laughs> so it's it's the QT markup language, and it's technically it's powered by JavaScript, which is a bad word. It's a very bad word, uh, mainly because Gnome shall made a bad. Just just saying, right? Um, there there are very slow paths in Gnome shell which didn't do proper separation of logic and hard to do stuff with the face, where things need to be fast. <laughs> um, so I was very, very nervous about it. I was nervous about putting unnecessary weight on the session. Well, did some tests and got to the point where the root window, which is basically the wallpaper window of the desktop, the fake Raven, which I have fondly taken to call in Faven. I've seen the screenshots of that. Yeah, and well, you saw the last one where I said not Unity. Seriously, not Unity. Right. I even used the color picker to find out it was hash one 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 Unity. Um, yeah, so you had your your faith and your fake panel down the bottom, and all the backs that would be budgie shell. So it's going to be a single process for most of it, and using Kwin as a compositor. Um, I know sins, but we had sexy blur behinds. Right. It actually turned out that after doing that, even though Budgie Panel does a lot more, don't get me wrong, this was something that was using JS and QML and it was using OpenGL and it was actually using less memory than Budgie Panel. That is amazing that it would use less memory than that. That's not right. It shouldn't. <laughs> it's not supposed to. <laughs> so it, like, why? destroyed so why? my arguments. Why is it using less memory? Not entirely sure, but I mean, most of the UI stacks leak and it really torments me. But using cute quick controls too with this, which behind the scenes, they're almost completely C. It's just the, the QML part of it 
that happens to be, you know, JS. It's it's not pure JS. It can do JS. It can, can do like JS expressions, but most of it is bindings, like property bindings. Um, but I was worried about using it because obviously I didn't want a fat session, but it turns out it's actually quite appropriate for us to use. So there you have it. But you will actually definitely be QT. <laughs> right. Forgot my own rule. Uh, but she's going to be a cutie. It's a cute little baby. Uh, <laughs> cute little baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never said that. Just wiped that one out. Right. Um, using QML and using KWIN. Nice. Well, I won't ask for a time frame because I did that. Uh, Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> this time he gives you one when you say you won't time. ask for <laughs> Well, we've learned how to deal with Ike. You don't ask for the time frame, you get one. You ask for one, you're not getting it. I mean, it's going to take us a while to do it, but it took us so long to actually start. Um, I was kind of fed up with UI programming. Like, Budgie's code base, it vexes me. Do you know, like, if you've ever dealt with a real annoying person and you just look <laughs> at them... And you're like, your presence offends me. I deal with one every week, man. I don't. <laughs> How dare like, you, Rocco? That, that for How me is you. the budgie code base. It offends me. And it's it's because it grew organically, <laughs> to put it politely. And there was a lot of mistakes that were made in there. And there's a lot of workarounds, a lot of ugliness that we kind of just want to throw away. So went about doing budgie 10.4 and that took longer than i wanted but that was basically to to get rid of some of the more immediate problems that people are having to deal with on a daily basis so they could actually get some more life out of budgie but just started experimenting a way just to see what could be done and i gotta say so like i started using k window system which is one of the kde frameworks libraries because they spent all this effort making all the kde modular and you got like this one library which lets us basically do things like uh, making a panel actually appear as a panel to X. So like it reserves screen space and does all the placement and the animations and stuff. And to do all of that sort of stuff, like with an arm stack, you know, was, was a complete pain. And you can tell the difference between something that was meant to be used for others versus something that we cobbled something together on top of. And the, the older budget got, the the more and I'm not really saying it's so much of Gnome's fault for this, but Gnome has become more uh, everything has become interdependent in Gnome. So one thing will need Gnome shell, the other thing will need Gnome settings daemon. You know, they all need those things to work together. And Budgie spends a lot of time pretending to be all of those just to make things work. So what's really nice for us is we get to throw everything away. Like we all of it gets thrown away. All of the gnomes like which look at it, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, as it goes, wanders into the night. And we can do things like have our own control center, our own settings demon, you know, like uh, have our own. Budgie will become effectively a full desktop environment list because at the moment it's a bit of a shim, you know, on top of Gnome. It will actually become a full desktop environment. I'm personally really excited to see what we're going to be able to do with it. Nice. So there's big changes coming for Budgie. Massive changes. I mean, it's going to look a lot like it does now, but I, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but if you've ever opened Raven on Budgie, mm-hmm. you can tell that that is not a hardware accelerated animation. You can just tell because you'll always notice it, it maybe just skip one or two frames. 
on an older computer or on VirtualBox, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. <laughs> right. We actually had to write the animation library within Budgie to be able to do that software render animation because it doesn't exist in GTK. That stuff just isn't there. And a lot of the widgets are private to themselves. It, it's great as a specialist toolkit solely for writing UI applications, you know, like typical desktop apps. Right. It's not good for creating a desktop like Budgie. And we know that because Gnome Shell doesn't use it either. It uses its own toolkit, which a lot of people tend to forget. So that kind of answers the, the implicit question everyone has about, well, how will I use my Gnome applications under Budgie if, it, if it's not GTK? It's like, it's all right. Neither is Gnome Shell. Well, I'm running Solus Gnome right now. So well, how are you liking it? I installed it. I logged in and it runs perfect, dude. Um, I love, I love Solus Gnome. Gnome is basically Josh's baby. Well, I haven't had any issues with it. Uh, I yeah, did have one solid. or two minor issues with Budgie, but... Um, okay, he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's too good. <laughs> well, kind of, I could actually pay him. <laughs> but uh, the, the GNOME version has been flawless so far, man. Yeah, I really like what he's done with some things. And I, I forget the name of it. Um, there's some sort of application that gives like a kind of HUD. Is it Plotinus or something? I don't know if I found that. Some some moody kind of name anyway. Um, <laughs> let me Google it. <laughs> Because the internet knows. Actually, wouldn't it be in our release notes? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> it should be. That, that seems a sensible to place to put there. About it and, uh, yeah, I think see. he might know. <laughs> Can we get him on? Yeah, I, I'll see what he's doing during the week. Link. Uh, Dear Poltergeist, give Ikey back. <laughs> yeah. The uh, what, what was it called? Because I really think that's quite a good idea. And God, this is a long release note, bitch. It was. Uh, it was huge, dude. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, Plotinus. So apparently, if you hit Control-Shift-P or Control-Alt-P, you get this pop-up dude like that has all the menus of the application there. I don't know if I want to do it during the recording. <laughs> do it, do yeah, do don't, it, please. Do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it advertised itself as a searchable command palette, but it's like those little touches. So like, if you type that, you get a little pop-up thing, which looks a bit like the budgie Alt-F2 dialog. Um, so it just pop a little command palette, kind of like the, the HUD that you had over in Unity. Yeah. So you can just search the menu structure, the application, and activate them. I like those little touches he's put in, and I'm a little bit jealous because now I have to compete in budgie. Yeah. So, like on the next release, I'll have to put something in. It's just not telling. Right. Nice. But that's good. It's competition. Hmm. Keeps everybody well, sharp. Yeah, I got to make sure that I get more users than them. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what's important here, right? <laughs> All right. Um, look, man, we have totally enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything else you want to throw out there before we go? Um, how much you love Destination Linux? That you're going to buy Destination Linux uh, a pair coffee cup, yeah. Plug. The yeah. coffee tastes better. It's been proven it by does. multiple people. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't do coffee. Well, you could put water in it. Okay, yeah, you're a poltergeist. You don't drink anything. Never mind. Yeah, I don't need anything. Um, <laughs> no, I think you guys have been. You know, you like you guys have been doing a great job now. I mean, what's this? Is it thirty-four or thirty-five episodes or something like that? You guys have done so far. Yep, thirty-five. It's. You guys have been doing really great, and I'm glad to see that you guys are growing as well and gaining the following that you actually need. So more power to you. Well, the Telegram you. group is gone, and, uh, yeah, we seem to be gaining. We went over a 1,000 subs on YouTube, so uh, it's, it's How many are in your Telegram group? 
124, I think, at last time. Uh, so, so not quite as many as late night Linux. No. <laughs> well, we won't mention that. We won't mention that. There's over like 600 in the in the uh, late night. Yeah, I, I got a feeling that Joel was just spamming the lane content. For <laughs> spamming the lane. <laughs> People who just joined it is like, yeah, I'll join. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Well, I took the liberty yesterday of uh, spamming the Destination Linux Telegram group in the Late Night Linux channel while everybody else was, while all of the UK people were asleep. <laughs> oh, that's, that's smart, so man. You know, uh, Ike, with your celebrity status, uh, if you if you were to mention it, it would probably explode. Yeah, like Just next saying. time we're recording Late Night Linux, it's like, oh, by the way, do you know what I did <laughs> yeah, over exactly. the weekend? <laughs> Would you believe now what I was on? <laughs> I just did it now to wind up Joel. It's got to be done now. We'll, we'll slip you some of our budget, two, three dollars. Did you say budgie or a budget? Budget. Budget. Oh, because I've wanted, I don't, yeah. I've already got one of those. I think our budget is two dollars. I think that's what our, it is. That's what I'm saying. We'll give them our whole budget. I don't know the feeling. Like, there's me gone full time now on Souls. Sometimes it's like, I want to buy something. It's like, no, but I have to be a grown up now. Yeah. <laughs> I have to worry about bills first for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good, like, with where I am because, like, I'm basically in the Midlands in Ireland and my place is fairly cheap. Like, to give you an idea, my rent is, like, 550 a month, like, 550 euros. And I think that's pretty good given where it is and it has two bedrooms. Yeah. One of them consists of boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it is without bed. That's life, man. That's part yeah. of life. Ike, it's been awesome having you on. This is uh, Rocco's multiple times interviewed you, but my first time. I really appreciate everything you're doing for Linux and Linux community. I absolutely love Solus when I installed it, and it's been awesome talking to you. We've gone way over, which is awesome. That just tells you if we could all hang out and grab a beer together, it would probably go on all through the night. We'll have to bring our laptops as well so we can play Rocket League. But not on Windows. We need to do a Rocket League. (laughs) We do. But we, we appreciate so the fact that, you know, this is a, a late time for you in the night. So yes. uh, our scheduling is not the best because of uh, time zones and whatnot. So it's much appreciated you making time. So much. Yep. Oh, my pleasure being on. Cheers. All right, man. We will see you next time because uh, maybe when Sol was, I don't know, what is it going to be? Is it going to be uh, a three or four? Is it? <laughs> well, we Sol is free at the moment. I mean, we could do Sol is four, but I mean, that sounds a bit boring now, doesn't it? Um, Mess with people and well, just go to Solus well, 10. you started the boring with Solus 3, man. Yeah, I know. So, like, we'll have to change <laughs> up next time. Like, uh, Solus dot dot dash. No, Solus Poltergeist. There you go. Go you to the name. You know it's on your computer. You don't even know it's on your computer. All right. Well, maybe when the new uh, Budgie 11 comes out, you can come back on and tell us all about it. Please. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thanks, Aiki. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Destination Linux Podcast. I will cut out the beginning of this. and I can't record, uh, Rocco. It says the host hasn't granted me permissions. I guess, I guess you've... Uh... <laughs> Well, let's see here. Uh, Demoted me here? I I just granted you permission to record. <laughs> oh, right. I've been promoted, Ike, right on this call. I'm rich. <laughs> uh, all right, there we go.